The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. Everyone has a gender identity, and I think that's what's behind everybody putting their pronouns on their profiles and things. People tend to think, oh, transgender people have a gender identity, but cisgender people do also. Like, that's still a gender identity, even though it's not at odds with what society thinks you are. That also goes to the issue of societal expectations and family expectations. Like, if you grew up in a family where everybody was athletic, and that was very important, That's kind of what it's like to be transgender because they're going to encourage you to do whatever it might not necessarily fit you. It's a wonderful chaos. Solo or tandem. We work to find rest and fight to find peace. Both head and the heart. What are we doing here? You mean listening to this show? Where the more that you learn. And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. So, on today's show, <laughs> today's show. <laughs> our favorite show, yes, the topic that everyone's been looking to, forward to is uh, gender pronouns. We're talking about gender pronouns and today. how to use them without offending anyone or offend people and know that you're offending people either way. But at least, you know, we hope not to walk away from the show being more ignorant than we are now <laughs> that we started. And we're going to do that with our one of our really favorite guests, because we basically had to find a reason to get Jack back on. So we found a reason and we said, let's discuss a topic that's not particularly comfortable. We're going to do that on a wonderful chaos, a wonderful chaos. Isn't it weird? Like, I'm sitting here, and I, sometimes I just find it weird that there's probably people on the other side that are looking at us. Yeah. And what are they doing? Like, are they sitting down, like, chilling? Yeah. Are, are they just putting it on and then walking around the house exactly. doing stuff? Yeah, like, like who's going to sit and watch an hour-long video, right? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 think, I think, in fact, the reason why we did the podcast was because someone said, Andy, you know, basically, I don't watch your videos anyway. I just walk around the house and listen to you guys chit-chat. Oh, I thought so, you wanted to do the podcast because it was more professional, Andy Shaler. That as well. But, you know, Jack Ori. Oh, Jack. That, that was the weirdest transition. Jack Ori. Oh. Jack, we're bringing you on to discuss a topic neither of us really wants to talk about. It, it, this is this is really beautiful because uh, both. I even thought, <laughs> should I Google what it means so I, so I don't appear stupid? And I'm like, no, let so, me appear stupid. So the funny thing is is that Jack got roped into this because Jack is our our transgender educator. So that's what we've treated him as. Yeah, Jack is the one who's allowed us to have all the fun we want to have and learn and grow with him as he shares with us his journey and we get to share our own understanding, our lack of understanding, which is always um, which is always uh, sweet. Mm. And the the reason why I'll bring on a topic like this is because I have some judgment to this topic. And, and, and I'd like to share that because 
I also see I'm not the only one, but no one wants to talk about it. You share judgment? Well, I have ideas around this subject. I, I feel confused around this subject, but I don't feel... Well, judgment. let me tell you this. What I feel is that there's a lot of people judging me <laughs> for if I don't decide to use a gender pronoun. Yeah, I've, I've had that too. So, and, and, and we've had... Um, I had, because of this show, three different people reach out to me independently of one another who are highly self-aware, who said, Andy, I actually have similar struggles in this area, but no one wants to talk about it because they're worried that they're going to be shamed. Because as soon as you bring forward the topic and you don't show immediate solidarity, there's a lot of backlash you can, you can receive. Right. It's like almost the mentality that you're with us or against us. Yeah. And, and I'm so opposed to that dichotomy of living that there's a challenge in this. Now, this shifted for me on one of our shows. We had Nadia on the show. Remember when we had Nadia on the show? We had it twice. Which one? The second show when we talked about sexual ambiguity. And when she said something really beautiful that really touched me is she said she uses gender pronouns because it shows solidarity. It shows that I see you and I appreciate what you're going through. And I'm showing you mm -hmm. that I'm actually embracing who and what you're trying to, to create or show in the world. And that was the first time I felt like, wow, I can't, I get that. Yeah. That I felt like lovingly, um, connected to yeah that's really beautiful yeah so that was me being enthusiastic but, but, but the one that really confuses me is when it's them they yeah and that's what we'll talk to jack about and, and let's also like on jack's behalf jack is no specialist in this field so he's just <laughs> helping us along and and maybe he's not going to even know some of the things we might ask yeah so with with that i think we can bring jack on how does it feel? Hey, Jack. Hey, Andy. Hey, Bubbles. How are you guys? You, you pronounced my name wrong. I don't feel respected. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the... Don't screw with Jack. Listen, Jack <laughs> is going to take you seriously. Jack, you've pronounced it properly. His I, What Bambus was doing was making a point, and I think it was really interesting, and I like it. It's something <laughs> I would do under different circumstances, is that sometimes... When one says to somebody, hey, um, they don't use the right gender pronoun or they uh, don't show acknowledgement of the gender, there's a fence taken. Right. Well, first of all, I think that's on the person who's being feeling offended. Like, I don't go for this whole, you offended me, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the first thing. Um, and the other thing is there are, left like, I also think it's on us as trans people to, or whoever, uh, you know, or people with uh, with varying backgrounds to realize that there's a difference between malicious and not knowing. Like, there are some people who will deliberately call someone by the wrong pronoun because they think that it's going to hurt them or they don't think that, or they think that it's all bullshit or whatever the reason is. So they just don't want to be respectful. And they're just like, oh, I don't care what you say. I'm going to call you she or I'm going to call you he because that's what I think you should be. And that's wow. a totally different thing than somebody who just either doesn't know or, like, they might not remember. I talk with, with as you know, when I coach uh, – 
parents of transgender kids, this comes up a lot. A lot of times a parent will be like, I know my child identifies as she or he or they, but I can't seem to remember it. And they get frustrated yeah. with themselves. And that's because if you've raised a child for 10, 15, 20, or in my case, 30 years, you've got this habit of calling them by a name and a pronoun that's not going to just go away overnight. So, yeah. you know, and even with strangers, when I was first transitioning, I would go into the grocery store and someone would say, here you go, ma'am, or how are you doing, ma'am, or whatever. And I tried not to get frustrated about it because it is frustrating for me as a trans person to be like, uh, hello, I'm not a ma'am, <laughs> especially when I look like this. <laughs> but, um, but if somebody did that, I would just try to say, be polite about me, like, hey, can you call me sir, or actually it's not ma'am, or whatever. And sometimes it would get awkward because they would get like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I really didn't mean that, I didn't realize, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not necessary either. Yeah, exactly. It, was, it wasn't that you offended, I just wanted to correct for future. Yeah. So it's very, it has to do with intention and yeah. it has to do with context. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And I do want to say, I think there is too much of a hair trigger on a lot of people where they take everything as offensive. Yeah. And this is one of the things that I've been thinking about recently too, is I think that being exposed to a lot of people from different backgrounds is actually a privilege in and of itself, that there are people who who grow up in these tiny little communities where everybody is the same and yeah. it's asking a lot for someone who for example grew up in a tiny little what we call bible belt towns here in the u.s where everybody is extremely religious christian and has certain beliefs it's asking a lot of them for them to even know that there's any such thing or to even know that it's not a sin or whatever it is because you can't expect somebody who's never been exposed to it to have the same attitudes as somebody who's grown up around it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think for me, Jack, where my resistance, where I experience resistance is I don't have an issue using the pronouns. Mm. It's more if I feel the person has a strong identity and I can feel that it's volatile, there's, there's a part of me that wants to bring that to the light but in a in a loving way and especially if it's a friendship that we can right. talk about this uh, like there's no space for human error like if someone right. calls me a dickhead I've, I've i've pretty much been trained to say i can see why you would say that <laughs> right like, right and, and that's where it does get difficult because again that's where most people where i differ from most people is i feel like if someone is uh, if someone is going to be offended, that's on them, not on me for what I said, unless I deliberately was trying to provoke that reaction, mm. you know. Yeah. And even then, you know, even then, it's still their responsibility to decide how they're going to react to it. So, yeah. and I agree also that I think that all this volatility just shuts down conversations because, yeah. you know, we can't talk because everyone's so afraid of saying the wrong thing and so afraid of what other people are going to say yeah. and so afraid that they don't want to be seen as transphobic or homophobic or racist or ableist or any of the other ists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, even just, this topic, even bringing this topic on, Jack, I was thinking, oh, God, you know, because I'm going to be authentic about my experience here. Right. And I also know there'll be viewers who look through the lens of a very 
very strong. You're either with us or against us. Right. And that, that feels very vulnerable because I'm like, you know, I also don't want to pretend like this isn't an area that I also have uh, found challenges. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's how I've always felt, too. You know, one of the things that people say is it's not my responsibility to educate people who don't know just because I'm trans or whatever. And I get that you don't want to be spending all day talking about it. And, like, not that I don't want to talk about it on this podcast, obviously, or I wouldn't have accepted. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, if I go to a family party, there was one time when I went to a family party and three people in a row asked me something about some transgender thing uh-huh. in the news. And it was kind of like, can we talk about something else? So yeah. I that but i feel like if people can't ask questions if people can't say hey i don't get this and i know that you've dealt with it because you're transgender can you explain it to me how is anyone ever going to learn and how are things ever going to get better because you can't have it both ways you can't have it i don't want any I don't, it's not my job to educate you and also be like why can't people be accepting yeah you know it's like that it goes back to that whole thing that people aren't going to automatically know everything, especially if you haven't been raised in a community where there are lots and lots of trans people or yeah. people with diverse identities. You're just not going to know. And how can you learn? And that's where it becomes a thing where I feel like in some ways it becomes censorship where if you say certain things, instead of being like, well, I disagree and here's my experience, people mm-hmm. are just like, you're prejudiced. Goodbye. Yeah. And I feel like because of the censorship thing where people are like, I don't want to be seen as that. So I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Can we wind back a little bit to the beginning? Because we also are a bit ignorant on the subject. Like, honestly, I don't even know. I understand that we from our last talk, if people want to look back, we discussed people, they have a gender identity and then they have a sexual identity. And those two may not be what we associate today. With, with what, the, if you're a male, then you're homosexual and you have sex with females. Like that whole thing we've already dispelled in our last show together. So my question to you is, where did gender pronouns come into this as we started to, like, do you know at all when the exception of the first person who says I'm using gender pronouns was and why that came about? I don't really know the history. I know, I mean, I know that people... Um, now it's become very common to ask what's your preferred pronoun, you know, what are your pronouns, which I think is something that's really great and really helpful. And I know that there's pushback about that from conservatives who try to start these culture wars and be like, that's not important. Why does anyone care about that? Look at these stupid liberals. Ha ha ha. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what they say. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but I don't really know where it began because I, I don't know. I probably don't know as much about transgender history as, as I really should as a transgender. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. You are the ambassador and you do not know. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, why not just he? Why do you need he, him, his? Like, why couldn't you just say he? I think if that I think people do just to be clear, because uh, I think it it mostly comes up with non-binary pronouns. Like, you know, a lot of people do use they as a non-binary, they, theirs as a non-binary pronoun. Now, some people also use non-standard pronouns um, like Z and I think it's Zim. I don't remember all of them. 
but but what, but what so, would that what would a non-standard pronoun be used for? What is that trying like, to so like Z would be like to indicate that the person is some mixture of male or female or is not male or female or is some other type of gender identity. Okay. So they might use a word like that or they might just use they theirs. But it would look kind of weird if people were like, I go by he and the next person is like, I go by Z and Zim. Then yeah. that doesn't match. So I think that everybody does it just to be clear. And you could always have someone who's a little bit of an out-of-the-box thinker who's like, I go by he when I'm talking, when you're talking about me that way. But if you want to talk about me instead of him, say her or some weird thing like that, <laughs> I guess I could yeah. happen with somebody. So they just want to make it absolutely, people just want to make it absolutely clear. These are all my pronouns so that you don't have to have a thousand, you know, so that if someone is confused, they don't have to be like, okay, what what do I use for grammatically for this? I'm lost. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have a nephew, and the nephew has transitioned right to to nephew, and and as the as I was you know graduating going through that process together, it was really interesting because what I what I found is that I love them independently of whatever the hell they were going through identified. And to be honest, I didn't even really care about the identity. Like, it's like, I love you, whatever. And the more I have to think about the identity, the more fucking confused I get. So let me just love you for who you are. And it was kind of funny because what I, what I saw in my relationship with him was that we were really close, but I didn't think about gender prone. Like I said, just, I can't think about this shit. I'm with you. I can't, like my brain, if I have to juggle what I'm going to call you, I'm no longer with you. And 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 he got it. So in a fun, some funny way, you said your intentions are clear. So it, my intentions were so clear from his side that he actually saw that there was a respect that, that, it didn't matter. Gender was no longer an issue in that relationship. And that's, that's what I want in all my relationships if, if, if it's possible. So I often find going to gender is like, a, like five levels below where I want to be with any individual, which is trans personal, like beyond the idea that we are one thing or another thing, that kind of feeling. Right. I mean, there are different levels to it because I do think like basically <laughs> I'm the same person I was in a lot of ways. You know, I'm not female, obviously, um, even though I was raised female. And when you transition, you do change certain other aspects about your life, like anything unhealthy you were doing in the service of trying to be something you're not, no. you uh, get rid of, <laughs> um, you know, and it can change your relationships with people because people, because now you're kind of showing up as your authentic self, you know, and it is important to acknowledge that from the sense of this is who I am and I don't want people to just see me as an amorphous whatever. But at the same time, there is that deeper level of I respect you as a person. I care about you as a person. I want to know who you are, not just your gender. Like sometimes people will send me things about transgender issues that they expect I can be riled up about. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't care about this. (laughs) so it's not always you know being transgender is not this amorphous um monolithic 
I'm transgender, so I care about every single issue yeah. that has the word transgender in it, or I feel this, or I feel that. Yeah. But it is also kind of like, you know, how people of color don't want people to be like, I'm colorblind, I don't see color, because they want to be yeah. seen as having that identity, but not have it be, but not in a bigoted way. Kind yeah, of I way. think that the thing it's is, like is that... Similar sort of thing. Yeah, we discussed it as well a lot on the show, is that on one degree, when you say you're colorblind, then you're not actually reflecting on where is it that you are reacting differently because of someone's color. So in right. a way, you shut your brain down to reflection, which is the sad, like, like it, better to say that I'm a racist, I just haven't figured it out where yet, than to say I'm not racist, and I and then now you have to validate that reality just right. by trying to, you know, because yeah. then you don't get to reflect mm -hmm. and learn, you know? Right, right. And I think it's the same thing for transgender people. For me, it gets a little bit confusing because there are some transgender people who are like, I've transitioned, and I hear this a lot more from trans women than trans men. But I've known some trans women who've been like, I'm not trans woman anymore. I'm just a woman, you know, and they don't want that identity. And that's perfectly respectful and valid for someone to feel that. And you always want to identify someone the way they want to be identified yeah. and not close your own. But for me, I'm like, I'm open about being trans. I'm not going to hide my childhood pictures of me as a girl. Yeah, I saw you I saw you post that. I thought that was really sweet, you know? And and it fucked with my brain now because I know you as Jack and now you're pushing me back in a direction that I'm like, who the hell is that other thing? But <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some trans people who would be like, my life before I transition doesn't exist. I don't want anyone to know. You know, yeah, well, that that was yeah. one thing I learned on the last show. You, you you know because we we were discussing the rules of not to ask questions, not to ask, which was what was your name beforehand, right. and then when you said and you were okay with it, of course, because that's who you are. But you said that was what was termed dead naming, or I right. think that was the term you, right. which I I'd never heard that before, and it fascinated me because it makes sense that person's no longer alive; they've transitioned. So right. in a way, yeah, right, yeah, so. But yeah, so, you know, and I feel like for me, I like being seen as a trans person as long as it's not some guy on the street pointing at my chest being like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys on the street sometimes say. <laughs> yeah, in fact, unfortunately, those people still exist. So yeah. we have Iris Offer who says she started following you on Instagram after your first show, and that's wonderful. Awesome. Iris, I got to tell you, I'm loving the photo of you. Bombos, you didn't take that photo, did you? No. Okay, Iris, we're loving the photo. I think the main struggle with pronouns is the identity politics. Some people believe that everyone can define their identity, and some believe it's not something that can be defined just like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely want to say a few things about that because one of the things that I've realized when I talk with friends who are more conservative, a lot of times their resistance to it is that for some reason, there's this idea that they have that if I can identify as male, even though I was assigned female at birth, that means that they're not allowed to assign to identify as the gender they were born as, which is. You have to slow that down. You have to say that again, because there was a, I had to do like gymnast. When we speak, oftentimes I have to do gymnastics in my head. So yeah, yeah say, so say that sentence again slower for me. Yeah, so sometimes, like, a lot of people who I've spoken to who are more conservative about this will say something like, 
I'm a lap like they're born they were born they're cisgender, right? So they're a cisgender man or a cisgender woman. And they're like, Well, if you can change your gender, that means I'm not allowed to identify as the gender I was born as. Like, really? They, they say that? Have this idea that it means that everyone has to identify as transgender, which is not true, obviously. That's the um, weirdest thing. And sometimes clearing that up clears up the resistance. Mm. So it's not, you know, and I think that's one issue that's related to that is sometimes people think, are you going to look down on me because I'm not transgender because I identify as male when I was born male or I identify as female when I was born female. Mm -hmm. And then we also get into the whole thing of it's much more abstract, right, than just uh, than the bio, than the biological. Okay, this person has certain genitals or has certain chromosomes, so they're male. And this yeah. one is female, but it's a lot more abstract. If I say, okay, I was born female, I was assigned female at birth, but I felt like I was a boy my whole life. That's not something tangible. So people can sometimes get into this thing of okay, well, what stops someone from just saying that to get some sort of advantage over someone else? Because yeah. there's no way to prove it. Yeah. You also see in the Olympics now, the first transgender is competing in the next Olympics. Yeah, the first, yeah, the first transgender woman. And that's something that here in the United States, we're having a lot of issues with um, Republican legislatures trying to make laws saying transgender kids can't play on the sports team with cisgender kids of the same gender and they couch it in these arguments about well biologically it'll be an advantage if they're on hormones blah 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 which first of all if we're talking about kids like are not is not even an issue and secondly there's still biological differences between cis people of the same on the same team right there are women who are stronger or faster than other cis women, there are cis men who are stronger and faster than other cis men. So it's really kind of a specious argument, but it's that seems to be where the debate is at a lot right now. By the way, I want to correct something that uh, I said. On the last show, I said the same thing I said now, and you corrected me on that show. And I said uh, transgender, and I didn't say male or female. Right. Because I didn't know whether it was a male or a female, <laughs> just to get that clear. But just for those listening... Um, the, where Jack corrected me and I, I caught myself this time was I said, um, there's a transgender that's participating in the Olympics. And you said, actually, at that show, Andy, labeling that as transgender would be politically uh, uh, incorrect. Because yeah, you need to be male or female. Yeah, because you need to label yeah. male or female. Yeah. And if, you don't, yeah. And if you don't know. And I was trying to cover up because I didn't know. So yeah. I just said transgender. Yeah, if you don't know, you can always say transgender person. <laughs> okay. But at least I want to acknowledge that there's there's a, a, a ram in there that's that's processing and trying to take responsibility where it can. It doesn't always work, but it, it, it endeavors to. Yeah. Well, so far, I'm not with the program. Yeah. <laughs> Like trying, tr like I I can understand, but it but it means I, I see just because of the way I am eternally, I I have to move away from the connection and go into my head and really be alert with everything that I'm going to say, as opposed to staying in connection with the person. 
Right. Which and I, that, and, that, and I, I'm not very comfortable living in my head. I, I like living I like living more in my body and being in connection with the emotions that are present, with the feelings. So it, it's definitely a struggle for me. Right. Yeah, I can definitely understand that because and I think that's something that happens when something is new. Like if you think about when you first were learning to drive a car, like every little thing was like, OK, now I have to put it in this gear. Now I have to turn the yeah. wheel this way. And now and then eventually it becomes automatic because otherwise no one will be able to drive because right? <laughs> they would be having to think of every little thing. And I think it's the same sort of thing where when it's new and you're first learning about it, you're consciously thinking, okay, I have to ask this person what their pronouns are. Mm. Um, I want to make sure that I say a noun after the adjective. I don't want to forget that. I don't want to say the wrong pronoun for them. I don't want to, I need to remember their name. I need to remember that they might not want people to know, they might want people to know. All this stuff is going through your head. And on top of that, it's kind of, and so to go back to the driving analogy, it's also like when you're first learning to drive, you also have in the back of your head, if I get the, if I make a mistake, I'm going to crash into something and mm. kill myself. And it's the same sort of thing where you're like, if I make a mistake, this person's going to think I'm horrible and something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. And so... Eventually, I think it does become more automatic. But in the meantime, I think it's also helpful to remember that um, you are learning and give yourself that break and not be like, you know, and I think there are times where you can focus more on what they're saying, too. Like if you're at a party and you know someone's transgender and you're talking to that person, and they're telling you about their job or some funny story or something. That's the time where you can kind of relax and you don't have to be thinking okay, this person is a woman, not a man, because that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. And then, you know, also as you're practicing, if something comes up where you make a mistake, you know, it's best just to try to correct yourself as best as possible and move on. That happens to me sometimes, even now, like with some of my non-binary friends, sometimes when I'm talking to other people, I might say he or she and then be like, oh, they, you know, oh, yeah. so you can. Did they just... give you a hard time? <laughs> <laughs> Did they? No. Oh, good. I would love it if they gave you a hard time, you know, after all you've had to go through. <laughs> I, I love the car analogy. Yeah. But, you know, a car, you're going to practice every day. You're sitting in it every yeah. day and, and you're learning. And with this specific subject. It's it's not something that I'm encountering on a daily basis. It's like sparse, and right. unless I, unless I go out with a gay friend, and he takes me to a scene where I get to interact and dance. But you know, if you're dancing, you're not talking. So in right. a way, it, it it it's very rare. So I, I would actually need to buy a book, study the book. So when I get, I'm prepared for everything. Uh, can, <laughs> I, can I can I feel this one, Jack, for sure. a moment? Sure. So so. I think w what Jack is speaking to is a phenomena that I would say is th there's like society goes through social, call it a uh, social understanding that evolves over time. Yeah. And the first kind of introduction of it, it's so foreign that nobody takes it even seriously at first. It's like, oh God, what it, the, 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 like what, what he mentioned, liberals, it'll be discounted by conservatives. So it's, it's just discounted. And then it'll start showing up on TV. 
It'll be in a show that you saw. It'll be in a training that you did. Or in a form that you have to fill out. Or in a form you fill out. So all of a sudden, on this very subtle level, it gets to be more and more part of the vernacular, part of how we begin to see or feel comfortable. It'll be, if you look at TV shows nowadays, there's almost always a transgender character in the show. And, and, and in a way, there's this evolution of, wow, we begin to see it becomes normalized, but it becomes so normalized. We don't even see it happening as it's happening because it's so gradual that it just happens. Why am I smiling? I don't know. I don't watch any shows. Yeah, he's not pop culture. <laughs> but, but this is something that, I mean, I, I went to the Glisten Awards two years back in New York. It was really sweet. And I was there. And what I found very fascinating that I learned was that in the 80s, um, homosexuality of any sort, because we weren't at LGBTQ by then. At that point, we were at, oh, there are these people that like to have sex with other people that are of the same gender. Uh, uh, let's not. And then they brought on gay characters on TV, which was revolutionary at that time, because but the character that everyone found acceptable at that time was the white camp male. So the white camp male became the the thing that everyone said, oh, we can we can allow that. Right. It's like that's the acceptable gay person for us at this zeitgeist. And then all of a sudden in time, it became so normalized that at some point we just said it wasn't they didn't need to be camp anymore. They could just be normal characters. But at first we needed mm -hmm. to kind of bring them in a way that the, the, the society would allow it to come in, because if you brought it in any other way, they'd start to react violently because of whatever their prejudices were. So I, I think in a way there are these waves that I've seen, you know, now it's now, now it's funny. I, I had a weird experience because now even in the LGBT community, I've experienced backlash towards the white camp male saying we're not white camp males. We're actually so diverse. They're not representing us in, uh, in film. Right. The stereotypes sort of start to stereotypes. come in and, that could create its own problems. But yeah, that is definitely how it begins. Because, you know, I remember back in the 90s when Ellen DeGeneres came out as gay, and I think Roseanne had a gay kiss on her show, and it was scandalous. Oh my God, women are kissing. Yeah. And now it's like nothing, <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm. Like there were a lot of people during this last election that here that were making a big deal out of. Why does Elizabeth Warren have on her Twitter that she that her pronouns are she, her, hers when she's not transgender? What and people were some people, mostly conservatives who didn't like it, were saying, Oh, she's just trying to pander to those people. But what it's actually doing is trying to normalize it and yeah. be like, You should it's you shouldn't assume anyone's pronouns. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's funny. I never realized that showing support for it could actually work as a backlash. Isn't that ironic when you think about it, that your intention is to show love and support for a group. And because there is an idea that you're not one of us, that you're not allowed to show love and support. Right. <laughs> and that goes back to that whole conversation we were having before about, you know, people getting so easily offended of being like, oh, you're this, so you shouldn't say that or, you know. Yeah. I think this is where we've gone too far in that direction because it is not – I don't like the idea of you can only have certain ideas or express certain things or do certain things if you were – if you are a member of that group, which sort of goes contrary to the whole idea of, of transgender people's identities being valid because 
I was born I was assigned female at birth. So it's okay for me as a transgender person to use male pronouns, but it's not okay for a female person who was assigned female at birth to use their pronouns. That's sort of contradictory. Yeah. Well, I think what what I've noticed, and so we're talking about the transgender movement now. But I, I, if we took transgender, just move that out to the side and just called it identity, because right. identity is what most people have to go through in their lives, independent of their gender. It's just right. a different identity. Right. Like the, right. the hardest thing is, is I know, like the identity that I picked growing up and in those formative years was track athlete. Like that's what, and 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 I was so identified with that. That for me, it was the thing that I held dearest to me. I was wanted to be seen as that. But it was kind of a healthy by societal standards, because that's what society said. That identity is something that now it's interesting. Those formative years, if if you choose a gender as the thing that you really are holding on to, to identify with, that's less accepted by society, then to some degree, there's a degree to which you also feel victimized by society because they're not accepting you for who you are. Right. Right. Exactly. And a couple of points about that, too. One, that everyone has a gender identity. And I think that's what's behind everybody putting their pronouns on their profiles and things, Mm. because, you know, people tend to think, oh, transgender people have a gender identity, but cisgender people do also. Like, um, if you are assigned male at birth and you identify as male, that's still a gender identity, even though it's not at odds with what society thinks you are. Mm, So that's important to recognize also that we all have one and we all definitely have these other identities that we hold on to that are really important to us and um, that we can change. And the other thing is too, that also goes to the issue of societal expectations and family expectations like, if you grew up in a family where everybody was athletic and that was very important and you as a child might be like, I'm going to join this team because my family is athletic. It's very important to me to be athletic too, even if you're clumsy and not very good at the sport. And that's kind of what it's like to be transgender because your family is like, okay, you're a girl or you're a boy and they're going to encourage you to do whatever being being that identity means to them yeah but it doesn't it might not necessarily fit you yeah i love the analogy we have some people that are chiming in chris Garrell, who you might know chris from his very famous tedx talk he says there's a level of respect i offer my human siblings who have differing pronouns or especially with transition persons because they have had to ask questions that i've never had to Yeah, I think that's a really important point because it's something that's so ingrained in people that if you haven't dealt with the question of this doesn't feel right, I think I might be a boy or I think I might not be a boy or a girl or I don't know what I am. Yeah. It's really hard to empathize with. I mean, you can empathize to a degree. You can be like, okay, I understand what you're saying intellectually that you felt that way. But you don't have that frame of reference, except maybe by analogies, by like, oh, like what you said about I felt it was really important that I was on that I was an athlete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to relativize it to something which is not at all the same, but something that at least you can identify with. Which gets to the the point which I hear in this, 
which I, I think is true for everything, which is to what degree can we create or experience compassion for experiences that we have not had ourselves? Right. I think we can have compassion. We can have empathy. We can't, obviously, we can't know exactly what it's like for that person, but we can hear what they are saying and we can imagine or relate it to something in our lives that has happened and the other point i want to make too is that and i was posting about this on my facebook last night i don't know if you saw where i had put agree or disagree even though there are some issues that are trans specific everybody goes through major transformations in their life and because that's one of the things that i've been thinking about recently because yeah. i want to expand to helping people with other kinds of transformations other than only helping parents of transgender people yeah. is that, for example, uh, Reinventing Hannah, my book. I was going to say, we're going to get to Reinventing Hannah. Yeah. You, I love how much you love promoting Reinventing Hannah. It gives me so much joy to see when you put it on your page. You're like, I'm owning this. This is, I'm so proud of this damn thing. It's, it's so fun to watch you do this. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. So, um, what I, yeah. So as reinventing Hannah, Hannah is not transgender. And sometimes people assume it's about a transgender character because it's about reinvention. And they're like, oh, you should have a, a, a class about transitioning and sell a book with that. I was like, no, she's not transgender. So that doesn't (laughs) apply. But she goes through this major transformation after she experiences this traumatic experience where she's roofied at a party and she wakes up to discover that she's been sexually assaulted and she doesn't remember it and all that. She goes through a transformation of of, a transformative experience Mm. uh, where she decides, I don't want to be this super quiet girl who never rocks the boat anymore. I want to be who I really am. I want to stand up for myself. I want to date the guy that, I love even though my friends and my family won't approve of him because he used to smoke pot and he did things yeah. that that they would would think are bad and that kind of thing. And she goes through that whole same experience of her friends being like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you being the way you yeah. were before? And having to navigate that and having to push herself to be who she really is as opposed to who she's used to being. So mm-hmm. I feel like no, she's not transgender. It's not a gender transition, but that's still a major life transformation where some of the same things happen so people can relate to it yeah. in a similar way. And so I do kind of feel like all major transformations have these elements in common, even though it might not be a gender thing. Yeah. Most people can probably think of a time in their life where they were like, I can't stand the same where I have to make this change. Yeah. And other people might not have approved of it. And that's something you see a lot, especially too, with people who have stuff struggle with substance use, right? When you decide I'm not gonna drink or I'm not gonna do drugs anymore, yeah. that's like a major change where you might have surrounded yourself with friends who are doing those things. So yeah. now you have to explain I'm not drinking anymore and you have to deal with people mm-hmm. pressuring you to be the way you were, and you might have had other unhealthy habits and now you might be going for a different kind of job. Maybe you were in some high stress job that wasn't good for you. That was making you want to just drink when you get home or, and so you have to go through that transformation. And sometimes the people around you are like, you're no fun anymore. You're not partying anymore. Or why did you quit that job? It was so much money, you know? 
And yeah. so those kinds of things, again, not yeah, trans, we, not gender yeah. identity, but. Yeah, they, well, I wouldn't say it's interesting because I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're not transgender identity or any identity. Right. Because we had a really nice show as well where, where it was called Outgrowing Friends. And right. I mean, the whole focus <laughs> of that show was that as we evolve, we have people around us that have certain expectations of us and they can't change or adapt to the new us. Right. So in, right. in a way, they'll still treat you this as the old way. As the old way. Right. And in fact, they almost push you in the old way because right. that's how they're comfortable knowing right. and having right. an idea of who you are. Right. Exactly. And that's one of the things that Hannah navigates in the book is uh, going from her friends being like, you've changed what's wrong with you? This isn't healthy. And then, you know, and then you try to blame her new boyfriend and be like, oh, well, you must be wearing these clothes and doing these things because you're with him. When it's like, yeah. no, that's not the reason that uh, she's with him because she's doing these things, not the other way around. <laughs> so, and I do think that's something that all major transformations have in common, that whether it is a gender identity or changing a habit, like an unhealthy habit or lifestyle, like alcohol abuse or something like that. Yeah. Whatever it is that you're decided, this is the new me, this is how I'm going to be more authentic, more true to myself. There's always going to be that moment where you're at this crossroads where you're like, if I do this, I could lose this person over here who's very important to me. Yeah. And you have to make that decision. Am I going to continue on this path or am I going to go back to the way I was because I don't want to lose that person? Yeah. That's always one of the hardest things in life is when you've decided to do something and then you're not doing it because you're trying to save someone else's discomfort. That's one of those moments, yeah. there's several moments like that, of course. Right. And that's one of the things too, is that if the person is really a true friend or whatever, they will hopefully come around eventually. Yeah. That's um, what you hope. And I, you know, and I saw that with my gender identity when I was first transitioning, a lot of my family was kind of skeptical of, you know, not yeah. the supportive, but they were kind of like, is this real? Where did this come from? Yeah. You know, but then they would see that I was a lot happier. Yeah. Wow. Chris Garrell again, coming in strong with a second question. The frustrating thing I find is that some people can't simply accept what another person identifies as. Who gave them authority over other personal identity? Exactly. And I think that that's a really great point. And I think that point also goes back to us saying about some people are afraid that if you have this identity it means they can't have their more traditional identity. Yeah. And I think that's where that's coming from where they're like, Oh my God, there are trans people using the same bathroom as me. That means that I'm not allowed to be cisgender or yeah. it's not a competition. It's not everyone has to be one way or the other way. Yeah. <laughs> And I think for a lot of those people, they think that they're doing the right thing. And they think that they're being helpful by telling you, no, you can't have this identity. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember years ago being at International Festival in Raleigh, which is this festival they have every year where you can try food from different cultures and they have dances from different cultures and stuff. And I was with a friend who, at the time, who was also transgender. And we sat down and these people from our old place of worship saw us and it's girl came over to say hello and the first thing she said to my friend was i feel so sad that you're no longer following god's path you know god meant you to be a man blah 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 
And she literally, I don't think she understood that her words were hurtful. Like, I think she oh. thought that she was being loving and she yeah. really thought that she was being helpful and being like, this is not good for you. You shouldn't mm. do this. When Even yeah. though the opposite. It, 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 like I, 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 when you're talking, there's the experiment that Jane Elliott did, right? The brown-eyed, blue-eyed, and yeah. it was only through that experience people, people who are white, could experience what it's like to be a black person in right. the society. And they, right. they only, they only had it for the time of the Oprah Winfrey show, and black people live it their whole life. Yeah, right, exactly. And that's the thing too is like people who mm -hmm. don't live it that experience they can be like okay i don't want to hear about this anymore i'm tired of yeah. this why do we always have to talk about this mm -hmm. uh, well and, and that question guys. is exactly the problem yeah yeah because it's like you can't turn it off if you're living it you can't just not talk about it mm. bowl along writes as well not exactly sure what he's writing it's because you called him an it oh we do however differentiate between humans and animals and objects it is for objects and animals. Very clear. Oh, because I called him an it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that was that, his comeback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that they is so popular besides being for non-binary people, that in general, it's a way to be gender neutral without differentiating someone as non-human because unfortunately there are you know, transphobic people who will call transgender people it more seriously. Obviously, that's not what you were doing. No, but, obviously not. But I'm going to try to provoke Bowl along every way I can. I've got a question about I am. Um, I don't know. So I uh, I'm writing the third book. Right. It's not about reinventing Hannah. Unfortunately, Bambos he would rise up the book if he could, but we don't have it. And I got back the first draft from the editor who edited my first two chapters. And in his edits, he changed every time I put they, he put he or she, right? Which is proper grammar. So, so, no, follow me here. So I write they in the, at least I assume it's proper grammar. I'm not the best in grammar. I just made the assumption because, but, and he writes back, he or she to replace the they's that I have in my text. And, and I, and I laugh because I see myself triggered by the fact that it's here. And also it's just harder to read. I find I, I don't like he or she, it's just they, you know? And, yeah. uh, and, and the funny thing is, is you had a point to make and I, and I didn't, I just finished my point. So w when I, when I said that you reacted, what did you react to? My, my reaction was that, um, it's so annoying to me when people do that. <laughs> but what would you write then? What would you write? I would write they. <laughs> okay, because I would write they as well, but he write he's he's writing he or she. Yeah, so that's first of all, that's an older way of doing things, and I think it's very Ooh. awkward. I find it awkward as well, but I, I, I like I need another person so that I can yeah. say, say back to him without feeling because he, he, you know, he's done a hundred of these things. I've done three. I'm gonna like sort of like defer right. to his defer right. to his authority in a way, you know. I don't want right. to say, "Hey, dude, the they thing. Why did you take all my they's out?" Right. I mean, you do have to make sure you're using the correct uh, verb, like you would say they are, not they is. Like, I was so annoyed the, the other 
week because I think, you know, I watched the soap opera Days of Our Lives and I think they were trying to be trans supportive because they had this whole dialogue. They have a character right now who's bisexual and the character's mother was talking about things change and she was like, and she said something about they and and one of the other one of the younger characters was like, yeah, my grandmother says uh, grammar changes. Now people say they is and it's correct. I was like, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I put that on my blog. I was like, thanks for trying, but that's not correct. <laughs> you you missed the mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they is. Oh, they is isn't. You can't say they is. No, it's they are. They are. No, 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 Bambos, because don't don't look at me crazy. This is a fair question. No, 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 because listen, they is, if it's a single individual who identifies as a they, then they is would appear to be correct. Right, would appear to be correct, which is why they made that mistake on the show, because they were just thinking that way, but that's not how it works, because it's still, the grammar is still they are. It's just that you're using they because this person... Not that they identify as more than one person, but they... Yeah, they, they, they identify as not a single of those people. Right. So, right. so, so I don't know. Somehow my brain still yeah, sees I, it I, as they is. I get right. it. Right, which is logical to think that way. Like, I wasn't, like, mad that they did that. And I just kind of, like, please look it up yeah. if you're going to put it on TV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I find it a fascinating point, by the way, actually. Because because there are implications for the meaning of words. And if you're going to use they as a single individual, that would have a grammar implication if you were going to use it in that in that context. Right. right. And then See, this things- is this is the thing that Bambos and I were talking about earlier, because now your brain is juggling with all of these things that it can't quite answer. And it right. doesn't even know if it's speaking correctly. Right. Yeah. And that's where and, I, and we and we brought you on thinking that you're an authority. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He says they are, regardless of of uh, of the the context. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you know, and I think it's one of those things where we do learn by doing, right? Like you can't just uh, wait until everything's perfect to mm-hmm. try. Or other I should say anything to anybody. <laughs> so. And I do think that's one of those things where it's important to have that space to be able to make mistakes because, uh, going back to what we said at the beginning, that if people have the attitude of, oh, my God, you said they is instead of they are, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> people just censor themselves. I have an interesting one that comes again from Chris Carell. He's active today. He says, and then we have the biblical literalist who quote me, and God made them male and female. right which i always find is interesting because that could be interpreted either way right that could be interpreted the way the literalist interpreted or the other way that god made people not binary (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, you're right i never read that let's slow that down for a moment it's quite funny i didn't see that till just now he made them male and female. <laughs> that could be either way because it doesn't say because it doesn't say he made them too. So. You're right. That is so funny. And only, yeah. So you're so either way, you could say, yes, you're right. It's in the Bible. He did make us male and female. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You go, and, Jack. And then Chris, Chris, it, 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 he loves that. I, th- <laughs> I think you, you, I think you surprised us all with that one. 
And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure Chris is going to use it with his biblical friends. Yes. The one thing that I, I struggle with, not only with the transgender movement, because it's independent of that. My whole life is about preparing to die. I want to die in peace, being in connection with being here with you now. And, and I see that anything that takes me away from that peace is something I can make space for, but it's not where I want to spend my time. Right. So, so when an individual, any individual, come and talk to me about a belief that you have, come and talk to me about a way you want to be identified, I'll make space for it, of course, because I don't want to hurt another person. But if I'm honest with myself, I want everyone to see through the this sort of this illusionary aspect of the world, this idea that we're separate to begin with, the 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 fact that we've been socialized in so many ways we're not aware of, that even the idea we have to fight against something is still socialized. Meaning I want to see that the gender is something that we've come to kind of realized not only through the fact that we observe it, but become even socialized. We've given the child uh, a gun and we've given the the female child a Barbie doll. Like all of that socialization has gone on to the right. point where if I have my way, we see through that in ourselves. And then we just see that we're all the same. We right. all came right. from magic dust. We're all going back to magic dust. So like, let's love while we're here sharing this sort of painful journey together. And that's where it surpasses these topics, which makes it sometimes hard for me to discuss these topics because right. I think I'm beyond this. Right. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And it, it is tough because there is all this socialization kind of nonsense. And that changes over time, too. Right. Like, I don't know if you've seen like it circulates on Facebook every once in a while, this picture of FDR when he was a little boy they know and back then they dressed boys like girls and he was wearing this dress and has long hair and they're like this was what this was what the norm was then mm. so what's the big deal now yeah <laughs> you know and so I think it's important to realize some of it is societal trappings and I think that's the whole thing with the transgender movement also is that people have a hard time wrapping their mind around sometimes it's, it's not just about conforming to expectations for a particular gender because there are i know trans guys who have transitioned they've wore they've got on testosterone they've got a beard like me and they love putting on makeup and eyeliner and wearing dresses and they're like just because i'm a guy doesn't mean that i have to stop doing that you know yeah. and then there's also there are transgender men who um don't go on hormones because they want to have babies, but they mm -hmm. identify as male, but they want to have that whole pregnancy experience. And that's something I did research on when I was in graduate school, how that plays out, because mm -hmm. that's something that sometimes people have a hard time wrapping their mind around, because our society says mothers give birth, not fathers. Yeah. yeah. And the research that I did found that there were a lot of instances where when the person made the appointment for prenatal care, they would get misgendered because the prenatal person in their mind is like, women have babies. Yeah. And I've experienced that to agree too, even though I don't have that issue. When I've had to have mammograms because I'm over 40, 
you know, tech for breast cancer. And the people, the staff were perfectly fine with me being male and respecting my gender pronouns and everything. But then they give you the survey that you had to fill out and it says, how likely are you to recommend our service to other women? <laughs> and and yeah. the letter that comes back says, thank you for taking care of your, your female health. Yeah. Your results were, came back, you're fine. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it's the things that people don't think about. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't anything <laughs> malicious. Again, it was just unconscious that they have this idea. Women, which is, in the case of mammograms, is doubly sad because there are cis men who get breast cancer. Yeah. Also. That's unfortunately something that sometimes stops some trans people from getting the health care they need, not even talking about access to health care, whether you can pay for it in America, which is a yeah. whole other can of worms. I had a really wonderful talk with a friend who's black in America, and he said, um, it's a, you know, when he'll speak to white individuals who don't necessarily have compassion for his plight in times, he said to me, somebody was really sweet. I can't, I don't know if I can phrase it properly. He said, that's a, they have the luxury of not having to have that as a problem. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's, so it's really easy not to have to think about it because there's a luxury that they've got not to have to think about it. Right. Right. That, that, yeah. And sometimes there's just this presumption that, well, this isn't an issue for me. So it's not an issue for anybody. Which, yeah, yeah, that's the arrogance in it, right? Yeah. Like it's not yeah. my problem. Why is it a problem? Not a problem. Not a problem for you. What? No, that that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where we where we. I'd love to see uh, more compassion increase within society, which is why I want to bring on topics like this, even if it isn't necessarily the topic. I'm like, wow, this is a great thing to discuss for an hour, and it turned out to be a great thing to discuss for the hour. Yeah, it did. Reinventing Hannah. Thank you for coming. We love you, Jack. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. And if you go to my website, jackaore.com, you can sign up for my newsletter, which you will get a free copy of my short story, A Boy Like Me, which is about a 10-year-old transgender boy. And you'll also get updates on what I'm doing with my writing and my coaching. You can choose which updates you want so that you won't be inundated with things that you don't care about. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to connect with people. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that.